never met. Let's do it. All right. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing the most anticipated property from all of DC live action universe. It's got to be the Justice League. So yes, the Justice League 2018 is the film, quote unquote, the film that everyone has been waiting for. Everyone knows um, if you're a big fan of DC, then you are aware of the DC universe. You know that the Justice League or the Super Friends were conceived in uh, the early '60s, and since then they have been uh, they've been shown in several animations, um, such as uh, what what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Um, several animation animated movies: The Justice League, The New Frontier, Justice League Crisis of Two Earths and 04. Justice League Gods Monsters 2014, Justice League Flashpoint Paradox, um, got some pretty good reviews on that one actually, Justice League, or sorry, DC Animated Movie um, Universe, um, but yes, there's this is one of the first interpretations we've gotten of the Justice League besides the Titans movie, and that's not really the Justice League, that's kind of like a side, side thing, but um, still... We are going to discuss the Justice League. So, assuming you have probably seen The Man of Steel, which was in 2013. Uh, what were the other movies that uh, came out? You, you got The Man of Steel. You got the uh, you got your Wonder Woman. You got your Aquaman. Um, Aquaman actually came out the year after this. But it's kind of hard to believe that the uh, Justice League... And, and BVS, of course, that was... Uh, uh, that's the movie that I always forget, and I guess I'm trying to forget that. That was in 2016. So just to kind of do a reverberation, we had Man of Steel 2013. We had uh, uh, Man of Steel 2013. We had Batman v Superman 2016. We had Wonder Woman about three or four months before Justice League in 2017, and then Justice League 2017 in that November, uh, and followed by Aquaman the next year next summer I believe so yeah I I've always been a pretty big fan of the Justice League as as a whole as a property as uh, someone that a young person growing up I was much more into the Justice League than I was into the Marvel properties I always thought that the uh, television was a lot more geared toward my sensibilities and what I liked I was always a Superman kind of guy Batman kind of guy I never Iron Man guy until you know Marvel became more prominent and I'm not much of a comic book reader, I'll tell you that right now, so um, most of my knowledge comes from either television or movies, so that's how we're going to approach this um, review. So people that are coming at this property with a lot more knowledge might gain a little bit more or have a little bit less knowledge or, you know, might have a different opinion about this, and that's totally respectable. So with saying all that, I want to say that uh, the Justice League, it has some... Pretty good casting, some interesting acting, um, and that's about it. I, 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 I do want to say with respect to the director that was behind the camera, I think about 60 to 70% of the time, Zack Snyder lost his daughter due to suicide, unfortunately. Um, 
so with tremendous respect to his family and um be, you know because of that loss he had to step down from the movie and they allowed um they hired Joss Whedon the guy that pretty much uh that did direct the first Avengers movie um to come in and finish the movie and so in some scenes you can say yeah it, it's definitely noticeable this is a, a Zack Snyder scene this is a Joss Whedon scene but overall it doesn't feel as um as compressed as I kind of remembered it being when when I first saw it in 2017 I want to say that I I felt like I was like whoa this is definitely a Zack Snyder scene whoa this is a Joss Whedon scene but going back and revisiting it it's not quite as um you know, jarring as I remember, but I did have a lot of notes when I was, <laughs> when I was uh, watching this movie, I was kind of surprised some of this actually was okay uh, with the studios. I was like, I don't, you know, I, what were the decisions in this, uh, in making this? And, and the thing that comes down, the thing that sticks out to me the most about this project is that there's probably too many cooks in the kitchen. And so uh, we pretty much talked about the pros. So let me talk about the cons from what I could tell. The writing, tons and tons of exposition. Because we only have, we had just been introduced to Wonder Woman and a couple months before this, um, the, you know, we're supposed to know who Wonder Woman is. Uh, we sort of know who Batman is because essentially, you know, he's been in he's been in interpretations for, you know, over 50 years. Um, and so and as well as Batman since the, you know, uh, before 1950s. Um, sorry, sorry. Superman is who I'm who I'm referring to. I said Batman. Batman and Superman are properties. Everyone has known for many years now. But the thing is, we weren't introduced to Aquaman. We didn't know who the cyborg character was. Now, like I said, depending on how much uh, how much history you're coming to this movie with, that's how it's you're going to interpretate this and, and interpret this movie. So I'm going to try to gear this review as if you have not seen, um, as if you are unaware of the comic book history of these characters. So um, just with saying that, um, yeah, this movie is trying to do a lot with. I don't want to say with a little, but it's trying to cram too much in this two-hour runtime. Apparently, WB said they this movie had to stick under, stay under two hours. I think even Wonder Woman was longer than this. Um, let me see. Wonder Woman was two hours and twenty-one minutes. So it's like, and Wonder Woman, you know, did numbers. The biggest problem with this Justice League movie was how expensive the movie was. Everyone knows about the. The CGI of Henry Cavill having to, uh, ha he had a mustache on there during the time of uh, shooting and reshoots, and the the reshoots required him to have this CGI mustache like removed, like. And I remember when I first saw it during the, uh, uh, during you know, the opening night or whatever, and it just kind of looked like he was like snarling or something like that. And I was like, there's something a little bit weird with this guy, but it's such a quick scene that. I was like, okay, that's just a kind of a, a weird, uh, a weird look for him. But it, it didn't occur to me until later that that was probably a touch-up job, a, re a, a reshoot, or a, a, you know, some sort of filter, some sort of 
um, masking that they had to do on the character because he had this thick ass mustache when he was uh, filming Mission Impossible Fallout. And so, um, by the way, a great movie. We have the review for that on the on Lucky Dog as well. Um, so, yes, um, let me, you know, stick to the notes, stick to the notes. So, what is this movie about? Overall, it's an overstuffed movie with heavy exposition because there's too many characters to introduce and there's tons of backstory we're trying to uh, give everyone all this knowledge under the course of about an hour. And so, um, sort of spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen Batman v Superman going into this because... There's everything that happens in Man of Steel, basically, and things that happen in um, uh, Batman v Superman are influenced in this movie. So just kind of prefacing that it is kind of like that Marvel style universe. Everything kind of connects. So there's going to be things we're going to be talking about. So by now, you should have probably known that at the end of Batman v Superman, I'm, I'm telling you the spoiler right now. It's a fucking spoiler for that, that Batman... Um, and Superman are going at it, boom, 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 and then it ends up, uh, Lex Luthor invites Dark somebody, Earth somebody, I don't, hold on, I'll, I'll figure it out in two seconds, give me a second, hold on, who appears at the end of Batman v Superman? Alright, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, scoop, 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 um, Let me see. What is the what is the what is the creature? It is an ugly ass creature. Doomsday. I fucking stupid. I, I don't know. It. Some of these names give me give me just like I'm like I don't even know. Fucking Doomsday shows up because of Lex Luthor doing some sort of DNA Frankenstein project with bringing Michael Shannon's, uh character back uh from the dead and merging it and this all dna fucked up sequence or something like that long story short superman's dead at the end of B bvs and the first hour of this is trying to reintroduce um all these new characters i think it's kind of an amalgamation it's kind of a cluster there's too much uh jumping around this this entity, this Steppenwolf character that is trying to get in the good graces of this other thing called Dark Side. Like I said, I'm not a comic book character. I'm not a comic book. No, I'm not a comic book. I, I'm not a comic book reader, so I have no idea who the hell this Dark Side character is. And so essentially, we're watching this movie for two hours. The first hour is trying to reintroduce this Justice League who probably half of the people have no idea walking into this who they are so they just get these little clippets of oh here's the flash oh here's cyborg oh here's this here's that but we don't really get a full grasp of i guess full motivations and full understanding of who who they are what they want um you know conceptually they want justice but it's just like that's just because like that's what they're saying it's not really because of you know the actions that they're portraying or anything like that it's just some something about it this first the first half of the movie just feels like clips of people you know hey i'm starting a team hey i gotta go here hey it's um i i don't know i 
frustrated. I'm frustrated. So let's talk about the cons of this movie. So by now, I would have expected you to have watched Batman v Superman, and you pretty much know everything that ends up happening there. Doomsday shows up. Lex Luthor creates him out of Michael Shannon's uh, body or something like that. And it's a big DNA cluster. Superman ends up dying in this uh, Doomsday thing going on with Wonder Woman showing up at the end of that movie. So that was kind of a cluster what happened there. And this first act, first hour of this movie is just trying to regain the team. Got to get everybody back together. Get the ragtag team back together just to save uh, the world. And it's so rushed with showing this Steppenwolf character. This Steppenwolf character is like this 10-foot CGI creature created from uh, the face of... Um, what's his face? Created by the face of God, Saran Hines. I, I know I'm saying that wrong. It's the the guy, the uh, the guy from Game of Thrones and uh, and shit like that. I don't. I don't I'm not gonna go too into that. But anyways, um, Superman's dead at the beginning of this movie, and so everyone's mourning him. We're kind of having Batman going through these clip. You know, he's going to. Hey, I need to get the team together. It's basically everything Nick Fury's doing in uh, Marvel. He's like, I need to get the team together. And he's like, there's no time to process anything. And he says, hey, are you so-and-so? I need to get the team together. And it's like, you just expect everyone to just drop what they're doing. And so, this movie suffers from a lot of things. It suffers from probably too many characters having too little of underwritten stories like the backstories the motivations of these characters are kind of unclear if you don't know who these characters cyborg are you don't know who aquaman is aquaman's not going to be introduced for another year in this universe it's kind of like who are these people what exactly are their limits what the the problem with the justice league versus if you want to talk about marvel and how you have to approach these characters is that the justice league characters are op as fuck they're all like 90% of them are gods and you know the superman is as fast and as strong as he needs to be the flash is as fast as he needs to be cyborg can hack into anything uh, Wonder Woman can get you to tell the truth. It's just uh, they are what they need to be at the time they need to be it. And that's the thing I find a little bit more difficult to believe with this specific property. I feel like introducing this seven foot, sorry, 10 foot CGI creature with these bug things that they have to uh, fight throughout the movie just is not an inherently interesting uh problem it felt like this felt like a creature that only one of them needed to take on it actually felt like the the third act of uh, wonder woman a little bit but um the thing is batman was having nightmares about all this shit going on in bvs so they do have groundwork with what's been going on through the chronology of this film and um or sorry through the universe in a way 
Now, I think there's some discrepancies about, you know, who met who, did what, when, where, I don't know, some, some bullshit. I haven't actually looked into that. I might have to look in the comments for that. But anyways, um, yeah, the, the problem is these, the problem is that we have such a great cast and such an average, in, in my opinion, I think is a great cast. I think we have such a mediocre script that we want to like these characters that are selling us, you know, this very mediocre writing. And a lot of it is just, you know, face value, face, you know, um, it's, there's no meaning to what they're saying or what their motivations are. It's like, we have to go do, we have to go save. We, uh, why, why, who is this? Like, why, why wouldn't this be someone you call the National Guard? And there's no government oversight of what's going on. There's, it feels like there's no political affiliation to what is happening. It's just go do, go shoot, go fight, go blast, go fly, go, you know, just do whatever you got to do and do it well. And that's what it kind of feels like the characters are doing. And it's like, all right, well, well you know, the Flash is like, you know, I don't know what to do. He's like, well, just run fast. Well, not, that's what he does. It's like, okay, so um, I did notice about the story and the action and the writing are the three main things that are bringing this down, this uh, overall property as a live action feature down. I mean, the fact that it costs $300 million to basically have all of these um, pretty good actors is what I'd say, uh, covered, uh, covered, sorry, they're not covered up, but they are, well, most of them aren't, they're entrenched in basically a CGI world. I want to say that this movie cost almost as much, if not just as much, as like Avatar. Like this is one of the most expensive movies that has ever been made and only made about $650 million less. I know they definitely didn't make the, I don't think they broke the uh, $1 billion mark, which is exactly what uh, Aquaman did the next summer. Um, let me see what the Avatar budget was. Avatar budget in 2009 was $237 million. It, it was one of the me most expensive movies uh, produced at that time. I think it was like Pirates of the Caribbean was up there. But $237 million and it went on to make... Hold on. Avatar went on to make $2.79 billion dollars. Do you hear that? 2.79 billion as opposed to the 300 million that it cost Justice League to make and they only got 650 million. I mean, it, it's amazing it, it, if you look at it in you know, that light. Um, that's an expensive ass movie. I, I mean, having all these actors, the CGI, the, uh, the, my lord, my hair's driving me nuts. I need to get a haircut. Um, the the CGI, the characters, Steppenwolf, all of it just turns into a big clusterfuck of an amalgamation. Um, it's just like, ah, boss, I think we broke the budget. <laughs> and that fucking CGI. The, the thing about that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the thing about the, the CGI reshoots and stuff like that, I mean, the only reshoots I could really think about were like Henry Cavill's mustache or something like, you know, does removing a mustache cost that much i mean i was thinking like snapchat gives me a full-on set of a full stash full beard full goatee in like two seconds 
for free. I mean, they're probably selling my, you know, sir, you know, my personal information or my facial recognition or something like that, but still it's for free. And it didn't cost me, you know, $50 million to do all that. So I was just like, the budget for this is out of control. The direction was lacking. Obviously the original director had to drop out. We got a new director in. And so they're still trying to pull all these pieces together. Even with that, I still think unless they were just shooting and not knowing what they were going to do from a story storyboard mode, which is a lot, a lot of times what happens. I'm not going to lie that uh, there aren't movies out there that have that problem. They, um, they're shooting and they have no idea what the ending is, but, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they would have had this movie completely storyboarded out to a, to an extent that it would make sense. So that's a lot of questionable decisions in that. So let me do just a quick, quick rundown of my notes. I've been kind of blabbering on a little bit longer. So yeah, the the writing, the story, the action. It's everything that is bringing it down. The reason the action doesn't work for me is half the time people are just being thrown through walls and being thrown on the floor. Just uh, something big is being thrown at. Weight is happening. It's not like it's... It's not... It's the exact opposite of what John Wick is, and that's uh, or, or or high intense choreography, fighting choreography that actually makes sense. Um, none of none of this feels like smooth and choreographed in a way that even just a few months before that it was released, it was uh, Wonder Woman. The first two acts of Wonder Woman have some amazing choreography. So I don't want to say of them just bashing DC as a whole. I just feel like it's inconsistent with the type of fighting ranges that is going on. So it's like what we're seeing is completely different from movie to movie. It's sometimes it's this big epic grand scale like Aquaman or or even Wonder Woman or even parts of this movie which it tried to be but this movie just turns into the the man of steel style just you know punching people through walls uh throwing people a thousand miles that way or something it just becomes one of those big bam grand slam kind of movies and it just makes it that less much less interesting i wanted to count how many times someone bust through a wall in this or got thrown into a wall and ultimately it feels like it never matters when it happens so it's like what is what's the difference um yeah i i i just was trying to i was trying to realize and grasp why None of the action is like, you know, holding on. It's not, I can't retain any of the action scenes in my head like I can in like a John Wick or, um, I keep saying John Wick, but like, think about like the Matrix and some of how, how those movies are inspired, um, by like, uh, hardcore action Korean films. Uh, what, what do we got? Um, the uh, the raid is a, a great movie to talk about because everyone can remember the types of you know action and choreography that actually go into that. I mean, it is some intense sheet. Um, and <clears throat> DC has had this problem before. We've um, I did a review on the Dark Knight. And I I did talk about the problems of the action and some of the scenes that just not shot as cleanly as they could be. Imagine if they got like a, a uh, the guy, Chad Stokowski, I think his name was, one of the uh, stunt guys from John Wick to come in and do that. I mean, that that's probably some, that's, that's the real deal. Um, 
I think his name was Chad Stokowski or something like that. I don't know. Even I thought like stuff like Deadpool even had better choreography than, than that. But I don't know. We'll, we'll, let's get into the real spoilers of the Justice League. The opening, Henry Cavill. The opening is a little meh with the kid's voice acting, but I still think Cavill really embodies this character. I didn't appreciate Cavill as an actor in Man of Steel, nor in um, Justice League, mostly because I didn't really know him as an actor, and I feel like he's definitely grown and gotten... He, I've, I understand his acting style a little bit more. I still feel like sometimes um, he's a little stiff, but give him the right material, I think he's really good. And, and I think he's perfect for Man of Steel. I just wish they would have had a little bit more clean of an interpretation of it. Batman, you know, doing his little... Nah, 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 you know, that straight up Batman music. Um, the music in this, it's kind of trying to take an amalgamation of all the music that Justice League has used, all, you know, some of the Batman, some of the Wonder Woman, some of the Superman, some of the Flash, some of the, I guess Cyborg's trying to have his own music too. There's a lot going on. I don't ever feel like it hits on all cylinders until maybe one or two scenes in the middle. Um, so Superman's dead. Where does that leave us? Um, dark, gloomy opening with the piano with an overbearing message. I think it was that music that's saying, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure it's not that, but that's more like the shining or something, but it, it's some, it's not the opening, the high, the, the exciting opening that I thought we would have with the justice league opening. It is very, it's not dark. It's just not that much fun at the beginning. Um, I, in my opinion, I feel like it should be a, a, a fun opening, especially how wonder woman, um, was perceived it was such a interesting interpretation of the dc universe that i wanted it to kind of continue into that even though i know the chronology of the times a little bit different um there's like a white supremacy attack at the beginning it's like what it's, it's like was that supposed to be like an underlying message in that it looked like some white supremacists like attacking like a muslim-owned business or something like that so i don't I, I couldn't exactly tell what was going on um the wonder woman scene at the beginning is one of the better scenes it felt like it was just kind of like placed in there it's like oh shit okay so you know wonder woman's just you know stopping a bank heist um aquaman scene intro is kind of bland background doesn't work numerous times in this movie i watched it seriously diverged from what even looked like a half real movie i mean it looks like they are standing behind like three green screens their face is almost like uh it looks like they have so many filters all over their face and they're just standing right beside like a massive green screen like 90 percent of the time in this movie and it's just like oh it, it it takes me out of the movie so many times uh, flash, flash intro is uh, funny, subtle, and it works personally because it's using all the best aspects of Flash. He's kind of a quirky, fast-talking guy. Ezra Miller is playing um, Flash. He's actually my favorite character interpretation of this um, DC Universe. All the characters, I think, maybe besides Superman. Um, but I think he works the best. He feels like the most down-to-earth. He's talking really fast. He talks how he can't relate. It feels like, okay, yes, this feels like a real person in this universe. Um, the thing is, uh, 
one the thing is he uses his power in the same introduction as Batman using his power. So Batman's using his detective skills, finding Barry, and uh, I think saying Barry Allen or something like that. Um, he finds Barry and he throws Batman throws. You know, we see it in the trailers. The uh, the batarang or whatever it's called at um, Flash. I'm, I'm not going to get all the the cool technical things about what they do and the lasso of truth or whatever the hell their cool things are called. But you know what I'm talking about when I say the batarang. He throws the batarang at the Flash. And it's a scene where, he, you know, the Flash is using his power. Batman's using his power. They're kind of doing this interlay. And it and it works. It, it, it kind of reminds me of some of the better scenes of the worst aspects of, like, the Fantastic Four movies. I still kind of laugh at some of the scenes that the when they were having fun with each other using their powers. Do you remember the Reed Richards going to the bathroom and using his arm to get an extra roll of toilet paper in the other room? It's kind of a funny, fast, subtle way of um, showing how they can use their power in an everyday life or in a way. or just It feels a lot more relatable in a way. You don't always have to be having the big blue beam of fucking light coming out of nowhere. <laughs> so I do like the Flash intro. I, I just wish it was a little bit more... Um, I wish all the intros were like that. It, it actually feels like more of a Joss Whedon uh, side of things. A little bit more of a comedy. Um, Cyborg is taking his role way too seriously. Um, the actor is doing excellent. It's just we have no... we. If you haven't seen Titans, if you haven't seen any of the backstory with who this guy is, you don't know why he's so dark and brooding. We've only seen uh, bits and pieces, I think, in Batman v Superman about like... Uh, you know, who this guy is and what happened. And you kind of have to piece together what is going on. Apparently his body is upgrading itself. And I feel like that is everything we need to know about this. Everything we need to know about this character is not in this movie. So it's like, what is going on with his body? Why is he shooting things on accident? Why, what does he have control of? What is his motivation? What is going on around here? So uh, lots of questions. Um, and uh, there's something about a box powering the uh, a Kryptonian ship. There's some sort of Kryptonian ship that's uh, on Earth, maybe related to Superman in some way. I don't know why Superman's not being kept in a little, you know, more security around him. But anyways, there's these three boxes that Steppenwolf has to get. And those stupid three boxes have all the power for his mother of some sort. I was like... Why do you keep calling your mother for this? Like, mother, I will see you soon. It's like, he, uh, throughout the movie, you, you get bits and pieces and glimpses of him uh, fighting the Amazonians, the, the Amazonians, the Atlanteans, you, uh, fighting hundreds of thousands of people with these parademons or something like that that serve him as bug creatures. And he's trying to get these three boxes so that he can, you know, get in the good graces of some guy named Darkseid, who we never get to see because apparently they ran out of budget uh, on a $300 million budget. So I'm like, whoa, 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 what is going on around here? And, you know, not being a comic book reader, that's where I'm like, I, this is where I draw the line of the ridiculousness. So uh, I just wanted to, you know, preface all that by i was like i was not ready for any of that um and granted i had seen all this i didn't remember any of that i was like i don't know what the fucking boxes are they're stupid they're mcguffins um the amazonian scene has a weightlessness to it that is kind of hard to explain it just feels like everyone's like jumping around and really far it feels like everyone's like on the moon or something you know it's 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 a little bit hard to explain um but i did think the most of the action 
at the Amazonian scene was actually shot really well by these characters. And uh, my Lanta, they are extremely fit. It's just like, I, it makes me want to get down and start doing some push-ups. I'm like, oh, shit, oh, shit. i got to get down and do my, <laughs> do my shit. Because they look phenomenal doing all this stunt work. It's, it's, it, the Amazonians are essentially the female 300 Spartans, you know. To, and, and we even kind of get like a glimpse of a Spartan or something like that from like, one of the guys and the Amazonian crew. I don't know. Um, so yeah, Steppenwolf is a CGI cluster. And they have like a full-on Game of Thrones style scene with the Amazonians. Um, they got like full-on like horses. And they're, do they're doing their crazy ass um, action scenes. I mean, what more can I say than it's just... Uh, it's the better part of, you know, the Wonder Woman movies clearly are one of the strongest parts of the DC universe. Um, and yeah, and this is all happening like super fast. This is like snap, snap, snap. Wonder Woman's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steppenwolf has defeated Kazar like thousands and thousands of people or something like that. And I, you know, brothers and sisters of mine, but you know, it's all good. Wonder Woman doesn't really feel like she has a connection to the Amazonians at this point. And I don't, maybe I need to go back and rewatch it because I do remember her having like a really big influence and, you know, she's, I don't remember if she's queen or if she's like a ruler of it or how I don't remember exactly how she is the leader or some sort, maybe in some sort of way, the strongest. I can't remember exactly, but um, it didn't feel like she has a connection to anyone there. And so it doesn't feel like we actually lost anybody when all of this is going on. And Steppenwolf is like fucking these girls up. I mean, whoosh, whoosh. he's got that big ass axe sword thing going on, fucking whooping. And, if this was like rated R, my God, this this would be this could be really bloody, which I don't think there's a drop of blood. It feels more like a PG movie, actually. Now that I think about it, Martha Kent and Amy Adams have a pretty much a nonsensical nonsensical conversation about talking about seeing the engine of the world. What the hell did they <laughs> they seriously wasted Diane Lane in this? Um, in this scene i mean she has like two scenes in this and they mean nothing i mean they're pretty much there just to say that they yep check check the box yep she's in the movie um and i, I don't even remember martha kent and superman even you know coming together to have like a real family family happy it's a big happy happy get together family get together it's, it doesn't feel like that at all to me i don't know it just happens so fast and He's instantly evil when he wakes up, so I, I, I'm kind of I'm I'm going I'm going ahead of myself. Um, let's see, the conversation they have with Batman and Wonder Wonder Woman is so expository heavy. I think this is actually the Wonder Woman uh, scene where, sorry, the Wonder Woman Amazonian scene where Steppenwolf's going all off. Uh, this is where it gives Steppenwolf's backstory, killed millions, and or they became parademons. That's kind of confusing. Why, why not just kill them all or just turn them all? Just choose one. Why you got to do that? Um, they are nightmare creatures who feed on fear. Um, and I believe these were the creatures that we were seeing in Batman v Superman. So I just, it's all coming together. You know, it's like, oh, the boxes make Steppenwolf's world or some shit. It's like the if you bring the boxes, it makes our world his world of some some sort. I'm I don't know something. I didn't make this up. Um, let me see what's up. 
Is Green Lantern in some of these scenes? It looked like there might have been a Green Lantern sighting or, or a Green Lantern. I'm, I know that there's kind of a bunch of them, I think, from what I know. Also, random 300 Spartan. Are the men like three feet taller than all the women in the Amazonian um, scenes? I, I, I It looked like they were like giants, and I, I, I might need to go back and check, but maybe there's something I'm, I'm missing on that. Um, I also, in this movie, I never know where we are or the location. It just kind of feels like we're just popping up in random locations. Um, there's no, like, titles that say we're, you know, Russia, U.S., you know, uh, Washington, D.C. or something. It's not like, I feel like I have no idea where I am ever. And the the Justice League headquarters is so kind of obscure. I'm not even sure. They feel like they come and go in different places. Even when they leave um, in, their, in the ship, it's like the ship comes out of water of some sort, like a river. And you can't even tell where the actual headquarters is. So it always looks like they're in some sort of warehouse. It never really looks like they are in a, the same location all the time. <laughs> it's not like the X-Men, uh, you know, Professor X is, you know, headquarters, got that big-ass mansion, got a freaking nice piece of real estate. It's like they couldn't, with $300 million, they could not afford to show a single location shot because I was like, where the fuck are we? Even in the intro scenes with the uh, Flash, uh, he, it looks like we're entering from, like, one, like, rusty-ass uh, train station on one side and then we're exiting from a separate rusty ass train station that looks like in a completely different area I mean the cinematography in here feels inconsistent to me and that's what really is throwing me off all the time on this like I don't know ever where I am um, in this movie <laughs> no I, I know where I am <laughs> um, Batman and Wonder Woman are just like walking around outside his place I don't really know when they're having this conversation um no one feels like they have enough t screen time to have a personality. It's so much expository information about who they are and, uh, I guess, motivation. It, it is very thin in this. And personality. Um, yeah, no location establishing shots where we are. Um, that was a pretty cool intro with uh, Ezra Miller in The Flash said that the... Uh, the outside of the facility, like I said, looks like a completely different place from where they entered. Maybe that's a reshoot. I know uh, Josh Whedon and Zack Snyder traded off in some scenes. Maybe they couldn't return to the same location. The sky is always foggy in Gotham, so that's how you know you're in fucking Gotham. Uh, Aquaman, Steppenwolf, fight is kind of bland. I actually kind of forgot that they have a fight in the uh, down there, and it, it's just... Uh, I can't remember anything. It, it, people getting thrown through stuff. It's nothing matters. Nothing matters during that. Um, all right. So Steppenwolf is trying to collect the boxes for his mother uh, to get out of excise. I, I I don't know. Maybe he's like excised from the uh, wherever he his world is, and he needs to get the boxes for the thing for Darkseid. Casually, Cyborg rolls up when we got the Flash, Wonder Woman. I think it's. Uh, uh jk simmons and he fucking got ripped and apparently he apparently he was like working out hard for this movie and their photos are thinking that he was going to join the justice league commissioner gordon no he isn't gonna whoop no ass commissioner gordon has a heavy ass jacket on this entire time he never gets remote to lifting a more than a pen so uh yeah cyborg casually rolls up no one asks any questions about like you know him just rat casually rolling up uh doesn't make any sense um no one even says hi like wonder woman or wonder woman says oh hi there you are 
and joins the group batman flash commissioner no one asks questions okay that that's okay that makes sense no it doesn't <laughs> it feels like everyone is using their first take in this i felt like the for the first hour i felt like majority of the takes were just like all right we're done you know first take and it's like uh affleck you want to do that again he's like nah he's like nah like i i actually like ben affleck in this role as bruce and he's trying to do what he can you know as batman but he's definitely trying to play an older batman and i feel like different people are playing in different roles like aquaman clearly isn't taking this as seriously as or jason momoa is not taking this as serious as ben affleck is i feel like just cracking a smile would have helped just a little bit you give some uh levity to this um and I think has uh, like a third of the way or a third of the way in, I was like, all right, we've broken three walls so far. And I, I stopped counting. I, so there's at least like five walls that are just someone's thrown through or thrown into. It's ridiculous. The fighting in this is just not as creative as they think, as they, as it could have been. The small sight gag of Flash uh, on Wonder Woman is kind of funny, I guess. Uh, kind of inappropriate. I don't know. They do, they do have that. 2018 2017 sorry 2017 sensibility of you know this is before me too and all that and so actually ezra miller might not even be the flash anymore so <laughs> sorry um i think he might have choked slammed some lady i don't know on a video i i i, I, I didn't I, i'm not saying i like the guy i'm just saying that the the portrayal is good um but yeah you might need to look into that um physics don't really apply to the majority of the justice league i realized the Justice League, Wonder Woman can jump as far as she needs to. Cyborg is as fast as Flash and can hack anything. Um, yeah, I'm just like, the, they're all gods, essentially. They can do anything they need. They can do anything they need to do at the time they need to do it. Um, Steppenwolf says, Mother is calling. I think this was after one of the first fights with the Justice League. Um, Aquaman finally arrives in the wa uh, through the water or something like that. Um, I think this is that big fight under you know with the bugs and whatnot in that random ass place. There's some uh, decent comedy with uh, at one point Cyborg just bounces and uh, uh, Flash is like, did he just uh, did he just leave? <laughs> uh, and uh, I thought just small subtle humor works especially with the timing a lot of the time I feel like the characters are not reacting to the things around them because they don't know what's going on um, around them the actors didn't know what was going on around them so they didn't know how to act against it um, they never miss a moment to get a shot of Wonder Woman's ass I think they got about three or four of those I think you can kind of tell <laughs> the sensibility and the, the beating of what was going on uh, kind of anticlimactic ending to the first fight um, as Justice League. Um, we keep flashing back to and from this Russian family. What is going on with this Russian family? Why aren't we doing... I, I think we're doing a Russian family because there was too much destruction in the U.S. and BVS. So they're like, we need to go over here. <laughs> and we're, you know, where people aren't going to get pissed off. So we just follow this random Russian family as Steppenwolf gets ready for his final act there. Barry seems to be the only one that acts like a real person. He has a, you know, he's the one that's like actually saying, this is weird. What is that? Oh my God, the Batcave, you know, he's actually reacting to the things that are around him. Aquaman stealing shit in the Batcave. That's some funny shit. I like the fact that some of these guys aren't exactly uh, heroes. 
uh, Ben Affleck feels like he believes every other word he's saying. I think this is when they're having the conversation in the Batcave. They're just like, he's trying to explain everything going on. But it looks like he's about to crack a smile almost every time. He's like, I can't believe that I'm saying this shit. Um, did Aquaman's eyes always go back and forth with those weird contacts? I can't remember if Aquaman in the movie, he's, his eyes kept changing. Because they definitely do in this. And they go back and forth. Um, they literally have to dig up Superman's body. That's what they decide in the Batcave. That this is the best idea to use, I guess, the cube thing to bring Superman back. The music doesn't really seem to be emphasized until they wake up Superman. That's something I actually realized. That... This movie should have some really epic music, and it really does not feel like it hits on all cylinders and like it could have or should have for me personally. The mustache doesn't look as bad as I remember. Um, maybe they've cleaned it up for HBO Max, which is what I'm watching it on now. Um, uh, he's uh, I, and he, he sounds a little British. He's like, "Do you bleed?" or something like that. I don't know if that's a good. That's a good. Uh, it was like, "Do you bleed?" It, it was a. Uh, it was a, a weird interpretation. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe this is the voiceover they did. Old Bat, old Batman is kind of funny. He's like, I think he drops Batman or he punches him or something. He's like, oh, yep, definitely bleeding. So it's like, that was some funny stuff that's reactionary. Lois Lane uh, is Amy Adams. God, she's such a great actress and she's wasted in this movie. She's great. Have you seen Arrival? My God. Sharper objects or sharp objects? My goodness. It is. She's phenomenal. She's wasted and given terrible material. It's a triple threat waste on that. Lois Lane. She's like, oh my gosh, she smell good. That's what she's this love interest for the uh, Henry Cavill. It doesn't have anything really substantial or interesting to say, really. Um, let me see. I don't feel like any of the Justice League acknowledges everything in red in this like third act. Um. Let me see. There's an odd use of slow-mo with this last third act with the bat Batmobile and the bullets coming off of the shells. I felt like the use of slow-mo in this last act was almost garbage. It's hard to see what's going on. Incomprehensible action while making it slow-mo doesn't exactly make it cooler. Um, Aquaman riding the insects. Now that's kind of cool. He's actually doing, you know, some decent action without having to throw people in buildings, I guess. Um, the contrast and what's happening with this red background is just so fucking ugly. There's an amalgamation of fighting scenes where the heroes have to save each other, catch the flash, uh, lots of hitting things, uh, Batman shooting things. I know people have problems with Batman shooting things. Uh, it's just... I don't, maybe, regardless if you like the character shooting things or not, I you know, I personally don't, mostly because I don't, if I wanted to watch somebody shoot things, I'd watch that movie. I, I don't want to watch Batman shoot people because it's inherently not that interesting. It, 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 from a story piece, watching Batman just shoot these insects down was just not that interesting. It's not cinematically well told in a way it's just like brainless it, it feels brainless to me honestly it doesn't feel like it's like all right well I have batman use the guns and then they'll do they'll defeat the thing and, and then we'll be good yeah 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 sounds good all right team hype that's what it felt like in this movie it's like there, no thinking when it came it's just like it'll sell some toys it'll sell some games i mean a third of this movie feels like you're playing like a, a justice league movie um let me see, let me see. 
Yeah, so much hitting, shooting, the fighting choreography just less impressive. Steppenwolf looks more like a video game as the as the movie progresses. Um, Superman coming to the fight with Justice League. I didn't I didn't give the resurrection enough uh, credit. The resurrection of Superman is the best scene in this movie. I think undoubtedly just the music just hits to a T. hits hits that cue. It uh, it uh, elevates. Henry Cavill, he's an interesting actor. There's things that are actually interesting that are happening. The Flash can actually match his speed. Uh, Superman can match the Flash's speed when they're going around trying to contain him. There's just so much cool shit going on in that scene that it's a shame that the majority of this movie takes so long to get there and that they can't have Henry Cavill in this movie more. He's in it for maybe 20 minutes. And Justice League is in Justice League without, you know, Superman, right? The thing is, this guy, this team is way OP. So you kind of have to have them, you know, match, mismatch against each other. So we have Cyborg, uh, for some reason, trying to shoot Superman and um, with this blaster. But, um, yeah, that, that whole scene, I, I kind of you know, jumped back to that resurrection of Superman. But that is the best scene in this movie. Um so yes, yeah, Superman coming back to the fight with Steppenwolf and the Justice League at the very end of the movie. It feels like there's a full 40 minutes of bringing Superman back, and that doesn't even matter till the last five minutes of the actual Justice League movie. They, they kind of have the interpretations of like, well, I guess we fucked up bringing Superman back. That was a bad idea. Even though the first half of the movie, they're like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done that. And then it's like, y'all don't even have like a real conversation. He just like randomly shows up and he's like, yes, there's a lot of things I like, and one of them... I stand for is justice or something like that. It was some like really cheesy ass line. Um, Superman coming to the fight with Justice League felt very anticlimactic and it didn't even feel necessary. It feels like the team probably could have taken him. Um, and he's a big fan of justice. Oh, that was, that's what he said. Flash versus Superman truck, uh, you know, scene when the the Flash is saving that little Russian family, and then they're I guess Superman saving a whole building. That's a funny gag, and they're using their powers, and it makes sense. That's I feel like there's a formula for, you know, quick to the point. Don't have to have a twenty. You know, you don't have to have a contemporary joke every ten minutes. But, um, and it's not like they did. It's just they. It just feels like the comedy that works. That's the that's the style that seems to work for me personally. Um, uh, once again, Cavill is not that bad at all. I still love him in the, in, in the red cape. Uh, always a big fucking blue beam at the end of these stupid movies. You would have thought this movie was made anywhere from 2000s to 20, uh, 2010 because that blue beam always shows up at the end of these movies. So it had to show up from somewhere. Cyb- Cyborg's fucking booyahs. The Steppenwolf gets transported into where the, wherever the fuck gets back to his mother's house or wherever, <laughs> his mother's basement. Now there are some crazy DNA flowers growing around in Russia. We're just going to completely ignore that. Um, Bruce uh, buys Martha's house, uh, Martha Kent's house, uh, just to, I guess, make them feel better. They There's some decent scene. The, there's like a little bit of scene that they have with uh, Bruce and uh, Superman at the very end and uh clark and they have some decent rapport it's like that's what i want to see i wanted to see them have a decent conversation my lord they don't have to throw people through walls all day and that's what felt like bvs was if i remember correctly um 
but yeah, the lasso of truth. I didn't talk about that with the the Aquaman scene, but the, there's several scenes with the lasso of truth that are pretty damn funny, and it's a, it's a it's a funny gag, especially with with Aquaman sitting on it and him just you know all of a sudden saying, "My God, you're beautiful," and you know this is a fucked up team, and this is I don't give a shit about this, I don't give a shit about that, and I'm actually scared. He's like, he's like, oh shit. And he's like sitting on the thing. It's like, oh fuck. Now that's that's a decent scene for me. I think that was probably a reshoot as well. Um, but yeah, the the lasso of truth on the bank robbers is a funny gag at the very end. I think there are some pretty good, um, you know, quick scenes that work. Um, I wish that they had happened more often. Overall, Justice League is an amalgamation of too many cooks in the kitchen. Some decent ideas with executions going in every direction. I think we have some <clears throat> I think we have some promising talent, but we need some serious direction and focus on who these characters are and why we should care about them. I mean they, they need to really nail down why these characters in Marvel work. Most of the characters we had no idea who they were. So if you're gonna introduce these new characters, make them relatable, make them likable. Make them, if they're not likable, make them under, you know, sympathetic, empathetic, you know, find a way that it, it makes it interesting. Like having that evil Superman uh, for that split, I don't know, maybe five minute scene is interesting. We know why he's mad. We we need to contain that power, that kind of thing. It's uh, it's uh, makes it interesting. It makes it a little bit more dramatic. I didn't feel like the stakes in this really lived up to how important this movie was supposed to be. Um, but yeah, based on the budget and based on everything that was going on, I'd, I'd give this like a 6 out of 10. Hard to recommend. Easy to watch uh, if you're not having to pay attention. Um, HBO Max, so it's uh, you don't even have to rent it at this point. I, I will say I will say HBO Max is a you know quick little interface. Um, has been off and on. I... Uh, it worked. It works on my computer fine. The layout I, I like a little bit on my computer a little bit better. The uh, the color palette apparently is affecting people that have uh, are slightly colorblind. So just kind of have to talk about that real quick. Just you know, I wish you could make it a little bit more accessible and adaptable for people like that. But otherwise, uh, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with it. I know it's not quite as big as the collection as people had wanted. Some people wanted the. Uh, uh, the collection to be a little bit fuller or something like that. But overall, HBO Max has been a pretty good uh, investment. If you're already, if you already have HBO Go, then you should be fine, depending on your location and uh, and if you're watching or listening internationally. But yes, um, thank you for listening, watching to the Justice League review. I'm going to put my phone down. There's all my notes on there. Um, but uh, I could not do this review without you, the listeners, the viewers. The people that give a shit about the podcast, people that give a shit about Justice League. If you like Justice League, if you don't like Justice League, let me know in the description, in the comments, and the questions, the concerns, you know, where to find me. LuckyDogPodcast at gmail.com. Let me know how I can improve this podcast if I'm just rambling on too much and you just want the talking points. Maybe I can consolidate it for you. If you want this podcast early, you can get this podcast early on YouTube. I post pretty much all of the uh podcast there early on youtube you can subscribe there get all the podcast early i get uh most of the podcast via audio form on soundcloud so 
If you would like the podcast just to listen to it, you don't want to have to do the whole YouTube thing, subscribe on SoundCloud, Lucky Doll Podcast, and you'll get the new reviews every Tuesday. We have Aftercast every, you know, once or twice a every couple weeks and uh it's just kind of a roundup of behind the scenes of the lucky doll podcast and how you can support and how you can help um support the podcast paypal.me slash the lucky doll podcast if you just got like a dollar or two that obviously helps tremendously coming from you know all the supporters i, I couldn't do this without you so thank you lucky doll podcast thumbs up five stars if you can't donate or anything like that go to itunes and five stars and thumbs up it Whatever you got to do, thank you, and take it easy. Also, corrections will be in the comments and description. There's no way I got everything right. So don't go too hard on me. I appreciate all the support, all the help. Thank you, and take it easy. Oh, awesome. As a bat signal, that's your... Your signal that means we have to go now. Yeah, that's that's what that means. It's so cool. A couple of short words on the final thoughts on the Zack Snyder Justice League cut. Um, I re- realized after I <laughs> recorded this that I didn't talk about almost one of the main reasons of. Uh, Recording the podcast, I wanted to go back and watch this movie so I could see if this was going to be a salvageable movie for Zack Snyder to, um, you know, to fix. Um, everyone knows that the Zack Snyder cut was essentially pushed by, you know, fans, good, bad, the ugly, everyone in between. I'm mostly interested in it. I don't think that 20 to $30 million is going to change too much for the Zack Snyder cut. It's also going to be much more reactionary, uh, probably to the negative parts of uh, the Justice League. So instead of it being his actual movie, it's going to be... The movie's going to be a reaction to the movie. And... If it was his original film, he probably would have cut it slightly differently. So, just wanted to preface that. Um, Other than that, I think that uh, HBO Max having the Justice League Zack Snyder cut is going to be good. Just to uh, drive those fans on it. And, uh, yeah. Alright, y'all. Take it easy.